Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another very special Talking Insomnia episode. We have Monica with us. Welcome. Thanks, Daniel. It's great to be here. So nice to see you. And um, for those of you who don't know Monica, this, this interview happened because you actually expressed some interest in becoming a sleep coach and, and you shared your story. with. We, we talked about that and I was like, hey, you want to be a guest? You said yes. And I was really excited about that. And so without further ado, um, tell us how, how did you start having trouble sleeping, Monica? Well, I'm 53 now, so it pro it started probably when I was around 38, my late 30s. Um, I was going through some marital problems, and that's when it started. Um, at first, I like got put on Ambien, and then af shortly after that, it was Xanax, and then it has been a roller coaster ever since then. Yeah, yeah, these, yeah, it's everything that so many of us go through that struggle with insomnia and the all the different doctors you know the different modalities that we try you name it i've tried everything and um wow wow and um i, I found you a couple of years ago but i was struggling so bad with my mental health because of the sleep deprivation um and that and some of the things that I was learning from your channel initially at first, and then I, I got with uh, Martin Reed, and then that really triggered me, so to speak, and it made everything really worse. I did his course for about five weeks, and I just, and then my mental health got so much worse. Um, and, and that's when we started adding more medication and everything like that. And then after... I've been medication free now for, let's see, this, this last February was two years. So, you know, well over two and a half years now and, wow. and, and you name it, I was on it. We tried everything. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, I'm so glad you're here to share it because I think you have so much that, you know, the community will really benefit from hearing. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I, I didn't know that you had worked with Martin and, and he's, you know, he's a friend and I think he's, he has a really nice, good content. But I think for all of us, like when sometimes it is when a person we work with is in a really, really difficult place, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky, you know, but, yeah. uh, but with that said, it sounds like, you know, you had some marital problems when you were 38 uh, and, and, and it sounds like you almost immediately got put on some medication or, 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 or was it, what, what happened there? You know what, though? That's the common treatment. A lot of times when we go to uh, our family practice physician or a psychiatrist, that that's the first thing. Let's write you a script, you know, and um, and, and the first thing was for me at that time was Ambien. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't remember specifically like how many hours I was getting or, or what was going on exactly. But but that was the first um, thing that they offered me was Ambien. So I did Ambien initially. It's sorry, Monica, I, but let, let me ask you one question. Of course, this was many, many years ago. So, yeah. of course, you may not remember the details. But when you do you, as far as you recall, when you went to see your doctor, were you really, really worried about your sleep or were you sort of more like a little bit worried about your sleep or how, how, how scared were you at that point? At that time, I was, I was just, you know, a little bit worried about my sleep. It was just, you know, it, yeah, it was just looking back now, it was just bothering me. It didn't get out of control until 
you know, all that hyper arousal and stuff didn't really start to happen until I was about, um, like around 44, 45. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then, um, the hyper arousal was so severe. Um, I lived in that fight or flight and, you know, um, you live life forward and you understand it backwards. And, you know, I, I've spent my whole life in fight or flight pretty much now. Um, insomnia is one of those things that's been a blessing because it's offered lots of healing and internal, internal healing, you know, because you eventually go inward and do whatever you can to heal emotions and, you know, trauma, anything that you've, you know, may have had to, to get freedom and deliverance. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, uh, but I, I went back and just started healing everything that I possibly could, but the hyper arousal, you know, even after counseling and stuff like that was still there. So, and, so let me ask you this. Uh, and, and we, of course, we want to spend uh, quite a bit of time, uh, you know, um, talking about what, what healing was like and what really what really helped you in that process but before you we do so let's go back um to to how this all started again and so you were put on medication but you were actually the insomnia or wasn't bothering you that much but you were put on ambien and and then xanax and and, and did it do you feel like you know the medication sort of like with the medications you sort of were at at some type of truce you, you didn't struggle that much with insomnia or was it more like an on off struggle until it really became bothersome in 45 when you were about 45. Right. It just kept getting worse and the, the anxiety kept getting worse. And so then we added Lexapro and Wellbutrin and it just like, it just kept going. Like, you know, I just kept going down the rabbit hole and kept getting worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, I, it's, it's just, it's fascinating because now I'm like really into learning a lot about neuroplasticity and, you know, what my part was in the, in the programming of my brain and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, I just kept getting worse. Um, and I would go through counseling. I did EMDR, um, acupuncture, um, just all kinds of modalities. Every, I've tried everything that every everyone else tried, and um, and I just I just kept feeding into that fear, and then and then I would beat myself up. And you had even mentioned it a couple of times, like on my messages on YouTube or whatever, and then on the um, the sleep app that you have about being kind to myself. And oh God, I'm my own worst critic. And I, I didn't even realize how bad I was with myself and um, even all the self-rejection that I had. Um, so that's something that I've been, you know, working on also, especially a lot this past year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I actually forgot that, Monica, but you were you were a bedtime client, right? Yeah. Yeah. Briefly. 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 I was, um, and at that time when I started with you, I was on Seroquel and, um, and, and I had, um, experienced two hallucinations because of lack of sleep. Um, the hyper arousal was so bad that, you know, I was, Daniel, I was getting like two to three hours sleep a night. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then and then the hyperarousal was so bad that the fear was increasing. And so then the, the next night I wouldn't sleep and I was going three and four days on zero sleep. And or or maybe four hours total in three or four days. And my mental health, anybody's mental health, I'm gonna be kind to myself now. It, it would take a toll on anybody. And um, I had gone inpatient to a mental hospital a couple of times to see what was wrong with me. Um, they, you know, of course, diagnosed me with bipolar, um, severe, uh, severe anxiety, major depressive disorder. And it was all hyperarousal. Yeah. It was. And that's what it was. It I didn't have those mental illnesses, but. I did appear to have them because of the hyper arousal. So I can see why. So now I just think of all the patients out there that are going through exactly what I went through and are thinking, oh, I've got mental health problems. I've got, you know, and this and this and this, when so much of it is hyper arousal, it's our programming and it's what we tell ourselves also, you know, it's, it's that, it's that condition response, right? Hundred percent. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you're sharing this because I think again, this will resonate with so many people out in our community. And and let me um, again, sort of like go, you know, go back to this the 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 timeline and everything. But it sounds like, or I had a specific question for you, which was when you were going through these this sort of like escalation phase from the from when you were 38, and and, and things actually just got more and more difficult, right? Did you find that when you were put on like a new medication that it would like seem to work initially, but then stop working or we feel like it almost never e even helped? I felt like it almost never helped. And, um, and I don't know how much of that was me thinking that it wouldn't help. Also, you know, that contributed, but also, you know, I'm just not a fan of medications in general. I mean, they work great for some people and I never deter anybody for, you know, for to take them or not to take them. That's their personal decision. Um, but for me and my experience, uh, you know, I had so many side effects from the medications um, that, you know, I just made that decision. And I remember I was, I was crying out to God and I was just like, you know, like, can you please let something work or, you know, take it away or something, you know, and, and, and like, I think a lot of us do, but, yeah. um, you know, and so finally, um, you know, after our last conversation on that app, it wasn't shortly after that, um, you know, I just, I, I got into biblical counseling. Um, I learned finally to surrender my sleep, my life, everything to whatever God wanted, wanted for me. I finally surrendered and I started practicing, surrendering my sleep, practicing, accepting whatever sleep I got, practice, um, you know, not being scared. And, and, and it, it's practice, right? Because, you know, like you have children and we've all have been around children and whenever they, and you've heard this too, whenever they fall down, they look back at you to see how they're going to respond. So if you respond, you know, with fear, like, oh my God, oh my God, are you okay? And you go pick them up. Then they learn to be scared when they fall down. But if you res respond with, hey, you're okay, buddy, get back, get up. Come on, let's go, let's go play, you know? And then they're like, oh, okay, nothing's wrong with me. 
you know? And so that condition response, like my subconscious is my little girl that has learned, you know, fear and anxiety, pain, everything. And so what I, what I learn now is I'm practicing kindness and compassion. And I tell myself whenever I have a difficult night of sleep and, and you've taught this also in your videos, you know, to, to be kind, it's just a difficult night of sleep and that's what it is. And it just, it takes practice. And initially I sucked at it, you know, and, and it was just like, but I was also learning to give myself grace and just like, okay, I'm going to be friends with this. You know, I'm going to be friends with the anxiety. I'm going to be friends with the depression. I'm not going to reject it and push it out. I'm going to accept what it is. And, um, and over time, you know, I got better and I just kept getting better and better and, and, and speed bumps still come up. It's like, I've had it for what, 15 years, I guess. And so I still like, like this week has just been a bad week for me for sleep. It hasn't been great, but I don't, it doesn't control me anymore. I, I get up and I go live, live my life. And I show up and, you know, and I, I practice like if, if my body is hurting because of all the fatigue, instead, I'm just like, okay, it is what it is. I'm going to, I, yeah, I don't feel great, but I'm going to get up and we're okay. Um, showing myself safety, kindness. I'm going to still show up at work. And I always meditate also on Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So I'm like, okay, you have a reason God for me to, you know, not sleep as well today, you know, and, and invariably he, you know, something happens and it just brings me back closer to God, closer to myself. And I realize, you know, why he allows the things that he allows, you know, but also I take full responsibility and ownership on my part that contributed to it was my improper thinking of it all. Yeah. You know, does yeah. that make sense? It, it makes 100% sense. Uh, to me, it makes 100% sense. And now uh, um, just for anyone who's tuning in here, I wanted to kind of contextualize what you, what, you, what you said and how I hear your story. And then, of course, get your input on it, Monica. But to me... Uh, the, the, the big picture becomes, you know, you had some marital problems when you were 38 years old. And naturally, like all of us, if we had marital problems, we would sleep less. You know, we have some choppy sleep. We're stressed. It's, it's very natural. So it's, it's, it's normal, right? And then, but then we, we talk to our doctor about it and we say we haven't been sleeping so well. And then the doctor says like, oh, hey, take this medication. And then basically the messaging there is like, oh, not sleeping is, is not okay it's actually uh, a, a disease. It's a disorder and you need this now to sleep. And then we take that and, you know, that's not, and of course the medication can't make us sleep. So we have, we still have some more trouble sleeping. And then we're like, oh, this is not working. And then we go back to the doctor and say, hey, take this now. And then the escalation becomes that the more we're trying to achieve sleep, control sleep, push away wakefulness, the more struggle we have and the more anxious we come about it, about this. So this is to me, how I would kind of contextualize the this uh, uh, um, we, you called it like um, uh, you call it something different, but but basically that we're learning learning to fear. We're starting learning to fear being awake uh, with because of that response to it, sort of. But did that make sense to you, Monica? Oh yeah, perfect. We're feeding the fear. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And which gets us in that cycle, in that loop, you know, and we get stuck in that loop. And, and like with neuroplasticity, we have to learn to, we have to unlearn, right? And, and, and relearn the proper way. And so, and the only way to do that is, you know, is what we tell ourselves about the situation. You know, if we meet it with kindness, like if I have a bad night of sleep, doesn't mean I'm bad. It means I had a bad night of sleep, you know, yeah, and, exactly. and, and it is what it is. And I don't have to go for and searching for solutions because like you had said before, searching, searching is the problem. It's, <laughs> right. saying, it's saying that, hey, something's wrong. And we're telling our brain something's wrong. Something's not right. I need a pill to fix it. I, I need to just go work out and, for two hours today to help my sleep or, you know, do that. You're looking for all these efforts that you don't need to do. It's just like, and I think that's, you know, for me, definitely where I just have to have surrender and acceptance. It just doesn't mean that something's wrong. It just means I've had a bad night of sleep. I don't know why. It is what it is. Um, so I'm going to be kind to myself. And today I, you know, I may not go and hike for an hour or two hours like I normally would. I'm just going to go home and, you know, sit down and read a book and take yeah. it easy um, and, and be okay with it. And, and, and I've learned not to beat myself up that I can't go hiking today, you know, and, and it's just, but man, it's, it's taken time for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, now again, like I message to people who tune in here, like we're, we're sort of, when we, when I do these interviews, we're compressing like things that happened over years into like 45, 60 minutes. It takes time. It takes a lot of time, but, uh, but right. that's, that's it. I wanted to sort of go back to your story so from the year you were 38 to like maybe 45 40 something it was this kind of escalation you were kind of trying more and more things to control sleep and uh, and indirectly it's it's really about controlling your emotions we're kind of trying to control our emotions too but but we can't so so things get more and more difficult for us but then when you were 45 or something like that it seemed like then then things got really really difficult was it because of some stress or trigger or just kind of a natural progression of this you know <laughs> Mostly, it was the progression of this and me being worried about my sleep. I was obsessed about how I was going to sleep. And, and I, I, I'm a nurse. I would talk to my coworkers, uh, other doctors I work with. Well, maybe I should try this. Hey, what do you think about ketamine? Will ketamine work for me? You know, like I literally talked about it and talked about it and just kept feeding the beast. Now, I was also going through trauma, too, um, and I didn't know it at the time until I, you know, got myself admitted in the hospital because, I, and I had tried everything. I, I was doing the hot toddies for sleep and stuff like that, and I, start, I started drinking, thinking that, hey, I'm getting five hours of sleep with drinking, so I'll just keep on drinking. And so on the weekends, I became a serious binge drinker. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, you know, it wasn't a problem for me. I didn't like, you know, ha ever drink during the weekdays, stuff like that. It was on the weekends. But eventually I was I was like, man, you know, between the sleep, the uh, drinking to get to sleep and everything else. And whenever I went into the hospital, you know, I voluntarily went in 
and admitted myself and I was, you know, told him everything I was going through. And like one of the diagnoses I told you, an other diagnosis was narcissistic abuse, um, codependency, um, and complex PTSD. So I had some significant healing and insomnia was the, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It was the symptom of a deeper rooted problem. Like all of those diagnoses were a symptom of a deeper rooted problem. So I had to go back all the way to my childhood and heal a lot of trauma. My, my dad committed suicide whenever I was seven. Um, years, uh, years later, my brother committed suicide. And so my ACEs score, um, uh, you know, what ACEs is, uh, what uh, advanced childhood experience, adverse childhood experiences, you know, to, for them to define somebody with complex PTSD. And my score was like, I think a 13, it was, it was up there. But, um, so I had to go back and, and heal all of that, you know, because I had a lot of rejection and abandonment issues and all those things, you know, which, however, the, the insomnia itself, I mean, you know, insomnia, yes, because of depression, things like that, my mental health, what I had going on that I, I didn't know, but for it to be as bad as it was, it was all because of the hyper arousal, 100%, 100. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and, and it's, you know, on this topic, Monica, um, you know, you said earlier that there were you got a lot of diagnoses that later on looking back you can see it was just hyper arousal but in when this was happening and you were being told that you know you have this diagnosis you have ptsd you have maybe you know uh you're you're um you're both bipolar in that moment or during those years i i, I imagine that you believed that you were really really ill that you had a lot of illnesses or something, something like that. it must have seemed really complex and difficult for that reason. Is that true? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I had had five miscarriages um, and then I got diagnosed with uh, lupus and Sjogren's syndrome. Uh, they also said chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and you know, in the medical community, that means crazy, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but it does. And, and I've heard it. I've heard it from countless doctors and nurses whenever patients would come in and have all the diagnosis. Oh, you know what that patient has? They're, they're, they're crazy. I've seen it. And, and it was just, um, you know, there, there's a, a, a great book and the, I can't pronounce the author's name. The body keeps the score. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't read it, but I heard of it. Yeah. Vessel something. And it's all about, you know, when we've had complex trauma, and a lot of people have had complex trauma, you know? And so when we've had that and experienced that and what we tell ourselves and, and being the self-critic and everything else, it just, it, it does end up showing up in our body. And so, so I, I wasn't ever crazy. It, my, you know, our brain receptors, I mean, it, I was really in pain. I was having it. And, and the reason why they say it's all in your head is because it's the way you're wired. And it is. And so, you know, I'm still in the process of unlearning my pain. And, you know, but I, I can honestly say for, for two years now, um, 
because of the healing that that God has done in my heart and as a Christian, you know, it it went from my head to my heart finally because I was living the Christian life in my own strength and not in Christ's sufficiency and that's something else that I had to learn. Um and once once it went from my head to my heart, um God totally set me free of depression and like that emptiness that I had for so many years was gone. And I kept thinking, okay, once I get healed of this, my insomnia will go away. No, no, it didn't. I mean, but God used the insomnia to slow me down so he could work on all those other areas that needed healing, especially the root of rejection that I had since my dad's suicide. And, um, and, and so he used it. And so, and like I said, the, that my hyper arousal is like really diminished now. Um, praise God. But, you know, it's going to take time. It's, you know, 15 years of insomnia and, and especially eight years of hyper arousal. It's not going to go away overnight. Yeah. Wow. And, and now, you know, speaking of it going away. So, you know, you're 43. 45 things have gotten really really difficult you know you're drinking on the weekends and when would you say things started to change like when was when did you start you know maybe maybe hearing another message or, or thinking different about it what when did things start to change for, for the better um well whenever i was 50 I became an empty nester. And at that time I decided my, my mental health was, was just so bad from the, from the lack of sleep. And, um, I just took a year break. I, I quit nursing. Um, I sold my house in Texas and I moved to Tennessee after I became an empty nester. I didn't know anybody. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, um, I'm going to go and I'm going to figure out what's going on with me and letting God just heal me. And I, and my biblical counselor actually was in East Tennessee and I had met him, um, from YouTube, just like I met you, um, when I was back in Texas and I started biblical counseling a couple of months before I moved to Tennessee. Um, and then I just, I just moved to Tennessee and I started a lot of internal work and healing. And um, that's when things really started to change. And, and, and he along, you know, we just agreed I wasn't going to take any more medication. It was not easy, but the medicine wasn't helping me anyway. It wasn't. Yeah, and exactly. I had, you name it, I had it. They had prescribed everything to me, not all at the same time, of course, just at different times. But I mean, I definitely... I definitely had it all, but, wow. um, yeah, that wasn't easy, but I'm and, here to tell you it can be done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, this is, this is what, you know, why I'm so happy that you're here, Monica, because you, you know, you've gone through a lot, a uh, you lot. know, from childhood and, and seeing that you can, we can have these really difficult experiences in our, in our lives and still go on to find yeah. healing, you know, surrender, leave insomnia, leave the struggles. It's, it's extreme. It's exceptionally uh, inspiring, Monica. And I want to ask you, was it resilience, um, Daniel? Huh? Was that resilience? Yes, it's real. <laughs> yeah. And, and I wanted to ask you, was it in around that time too, like three years ago or so, that you found our YouTube channel? Um. Yeah. Let's see. It 
a little over three years ago, I believe, was when I found it. And how was it just randomly searching YouTube or how did you uh, find it? Yeah, I was searching insomnia. Yeah. And then it popped up. Yeah. And when you started tuning in, how did you react? What did you think? Oh, I, you know, I like the concepts. I like the concept concepts a lot. I was still, you know, certain things I would get triggered by, you know, and um, and it would make my sleep anxiety worse. But it wasn't the content. It was my perception of the content, you know, so much about perception. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, now, uh, what did you um, do you remember, like? things that you felt like, oh, this resonates with me and this made sense to you or like in terms of the things we teach or we uh, we share? Yeah, that um, is it is it Shasta? Was there it, the girl from I think where is she from England? The yeah, one it's not Sasha, the, Sasha Stevens. Yes, yes, yes. Her story I really resonated with. Um, and then several like listening to different people's testimonies. I, I thought I was unique, you know, and found out that I wasn't. And I thought, I definitely thought I was broken. And, you know, what is wrong with me? I'm sicker than everybody else. And, but, but yeah, listening to the stories and um, I'm still reading your other book right now. Uh, the Tales of Courage, is that oh, the yeah. name of it? So I'm currently reading that. I'm almost finished, but um, it's, it's amazing how similar we all are. You know, it, it's like, it's like AA, you look for similarities, you know, and, and you know, we, we have it. So yeah. it, it's, it's amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. There was one thing I wanted to bring up, which was um, actually, it's funny. Like yesterday I was on a call in our, you know, in our little immunity program, I was on call with just two people. And one of them specifically said, Hey, Daniel, like, do you have, have you worked with other people or do you have other people in the community who are like Bible? He said Bible people, like Bible people like me or, or Christians, people of faith. And I said, yeah, yeah, there's been several others. And 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 I'm going to tell him about this interview as well. But but then I went on to say that what I what I often bring up when, um, you know, when I'm I have a follower student or, or, or a client who is a, a Christian or a person of faith is the concept of surrender, which is actually, you know, if you look at scripture in the Bible, you know, it's, it's, it's never about like, oh, hey, God, please do this for me. I, I, it's not about like force, trying to force God or negotiate, negotiate with God. It's really the message is about surrender, like right. allowing God to do what, what, is, what is meant to be done for us, right? And that's right. really essentially the same thing we, we say with like the effortlessness, not trying to force it, but ex acceptance, acceptance, right. surrender. It's all very similar, isn't it? Did you find right. that similar? It's... It is so true. And it's, um, you know, once I, you know, cause I, I, I'm in recovery now and I've been, uh, sober almost five years, but the first two years I did not surrender. I, cause, cause I, I had control issues. I tried to control every single thing in my life. You know, I, 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 my codependency trying to control my alcoholic husband, you know, and trying to fix him and save him and save our marriage. And, um, you know, I remember, you know, before I started drinking, a, a friend of mine in, um, you know, that I worked with in surgery, she said, Monica, you know, like you need to go to Al-Anon because your codependency is so bad. And I was like, oh, 
I don't have a problem. If he stops drinking, we'll be fine. You know, and I, I didn't, I, I had no willingness to see that I had a part in it too, you know? And so until there's willingness to see, you know, you really can't change anything. Yeah. And then, um, and then I got into recovery and, um, like I said, it, it took two years for me to finally surrender and God used the insomnia that it got so, so bad. And I was so suicidal, Daniel. I was so suicidal, especially after experiencing the hallucinations. You know, I never was suicidal because of my depression. It was, it was because of the insomnia. Um, and, and, and now I've encountered lots of patients. Um, I, I've been working in addiction and mental health now for the last two and a half years. And um, I've encountered a lot of patients that go through the same thing. So, um, you know, it. I'm grateful that God has allowed me to go to it, go through it, because, you know, even though I went through everything I went through in my life, my hope is to catch them and let hopefully pray that they learn it at an early age and don't have as many years of suffering as I did. That that is why I do what I do. But it's one of those things that you know you. You see when you want to see, you hear when you want to hear, or what's that saying? That the teacher will appear when the student is ready for the lesson, right? So, same thing. Same thing. Well, uh, I have, uh, you know, these two two last questions for you. And and part, we've sort of covered them in a way, but I want to ask you anyway. Um, One is, if you could go back to, let's say you go back to when you were 38 and and this, this started, and tell yourself something, what would you say? I would tell myself that I'm not alone, that I'm going to be okay. Um, and learn to, you know, really learn to have compassion and love myself and look at that girl in the mirror who's been crying out since she was seven years old and just let her know that she's loved, she's safe and that God loves her, um, and just to, you know, keep practicing kindness and self-compassion because, um, you know, I felt so much rejection my whole entire life, and I later realized that I rejected myself more than anybody else rejected me, and so, that self-abandonment and self-rejection. And so now I'm learning to show up for myself. And that that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned through all of this. Wow. Oh, it is incredibly, you said it so well. And, mm-hmm. and normally I ask like, uh, you know, has, has what you learned from insomnia, has that helped you in other aspects of life? And you already, you, you already talked so much about that. And what you just said was so, so obviously it did. So, yeah, I have, I have no, nothing else to add. I just want to say uh, thanks so much, Monica. It's, it means so much that you were willing to, to share this with uh, with the community. So thanks so much for being a guest today. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. I look forward to talking to you again. Me too. Me too. We'll be in touch. Bye for okay. now.